to the Mystic Skeptic radio show and podcast, the program in which we ask the tough questions and explore different alternatives to today's pressing issues, theories, or enigmas. Our show is devoted to the exploration of all things mystical, philosophical, scientific, political, conspiratorial, and cosmic. Join us in an exploration of the Mystic Skeptic MySpace. In this week's show, we're airing an interview with the Beer Latte podcast of me, regarding aliens and the improbability of their existence. And today we have David from Mystic Skeptic. David, how are you? Doing great. Uh, thank you for having me. So, David, I, I know um, briefly from talking to you prior to um, the recording that you are a, um, a skeptic, I guess, as your podcast name you know, you know, tells everybody, that... Um, yeah, I know we're going to jump into aliens, and you know, I guess just briefly, you know, from our aspect, a lot of us believe in not sure, I guess the easiest way to put it. Yeah, we're not sure. We don't have a belief. Really. Yeah, you know, I'm not strong one way or the other. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, to say the least. And I know you are, you know, thinking that nothing's coming here and visiting us, basically. Right. And if I can go on a little rant to... To get us going. Um, so I grew up in, in um, Cancun, uh, Mexico. I lived there when, when I was three until I was eight. And we would see lights in the sky all the time. Like we even thought they were like following us when we were on the road at night. And then there was a hurricane in 87. And we even saw like these triangular uh, lights, like see three lights that make a triangle go over us. And then when I went back to Monterey, Mexico, where where I'm originally from, I even saw a metal object floating on top of a mountain, spinning and, and throwing little lasers around. 
and I still don't believe in UFOs. And the reason I say that is because it's just ludicrous, the kind of stuff that um, you see on Ancient Aliens, on the new Netflix show that I guess it was on another network and I was playing there, Angor One and the Gaia Network and all these things where they're everywhere, they're hiding, they're, they're our ancestors, they, they build the pyramids, they did everything, and there's no evidence, uh, like factual, like scientific evidence. Everything is some random person in the woods that claims it has some implants or that government is keeping it uh, hidden or there's all these like X-Files kind of things. And it's just, it's, it's like Flat Earth or any other kind of out there uh, conspiracy that is like so outrageous that it would be impossible to, to keep it on the wraps. Um, so if they said, we know that, you know, one of the shows that we did on my program was about ancient aliens in the Bible. If they said, we know that in the book of Ezekiel, there's an image of uh, the throne of God that it has circles and it has an animals with multiple eyes and has wings and stuff like that. We know that that was an extraterrestrial uh, figure that came, and that's the only uh, depiction of it. Then we could build an investigation based on that. It's like, okay, let's, let's find out if that really happened. But it's not just that. There's something else, and then there's something else, and then there's little uh, gray men everywhere, and then there's Roswell. It's like it's so many things pile on top that is that is uh, it's outrageous. And I also had another guy who was, who claims that he was an investigator for MUFON, and you know the Mutual UFO um, Network. They claim they do these scientific studies. They claim that they do these interviews, and the guy had his own agenda. But when you watch the Hangar One show, they start off with an investigation and then they go off on wild theories. So it's almost like the Bigfoot thing where you have other than a footprint or some weird thing that happened in the woods, you have absolutely nothing. And then you build this huge uh, story around it. So uh, I just find it as uh, distracting from the real issues that are going on in the world. I will agree when you know you watch those shows, like you said, and we've watched plenty of them. And you're you're right. Very often they start with you know I was there, or or let's say you know I was uh, hired by the government to um, reverse engineer an aircraft, and it starts sounding good. But then the same thing, they go off on these like you know like random like tangents of just doesn't make sense and theories, and that's where I start getting lost. And I start losing the fact that it could be real. It's our first <laughs> show, is what it is. They have to make a show. Yeah, make it longer than it needs to be? Yeah, probably. I, I, mean, I don't know. But, but it's like any subject. Like you, you can take any subject that is, like, it's like with the COVID 19, you take there, there's a virus, there's a pandemic, and then you can go off on every single way that it's not true, it is true, or it affects you this and that. And it's like, it loses credibility. So if you're truly a, a UFO fanatic or someone who actually had uh, a close encounter, keep it uh, tight. Like, don't allow it to get out of hand because then, you know, then they come up on, on these interviews and they're complaining that people make fun of them and that people dismiss them. And it's like, because you're not able, like, let's say it was a traumatic experience that you were taking 
to, to the heavens by some group of strangers and they, they were messing with you. Um, how, how can you uh, help someone heal from that trauma? How can you help someone get their story out if they're surrounded with all these people who are, um, and that's what the problem with the Gaia Network and Ancient Alien Show is that they're exploiting what they're supposed to be real stories. So if someone found that, that the pyramids were, were designed by aliens, okay, let's stay on that. And then like, no, we're just going to talk about how Jesus was an alien. And it's like, stay on topic. Like, it's, 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 it's meant to be ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's all very, very sensationalized is what you're saying. So, but you said that you had seen them and yet still you don't believe it. What, what would you say? What would you say about your own experience? So there, there's another show uh, on Netflix that is called like Myths or something like that. And they're talking about how when the Mayans would see Venus, they thought it was a, a monster or some type of deity because Venus, based on the movement of the earth, acts really strange. And it seems like it's coming our way or it changes colors or it like jumps around. So that's the problem is that if it's, if it's uh, some type of... Um, phenomena that is happening in the atmosphere why does it always got to go back to little green men like it it just it doesn't work like so the one that i saw that to me was the most powerful like i said it was a circular object that was metallic and it was reflecting light from the sun and it seemed like it was throwing little uh, lasers around like a, it was like spinning around like those um uh, those uh, fireworks in Mexico where they, they put a bunch of fireworks and it spins in a circle. Um, mm-hmm. It could be an uh, uh, experiment. It could be just um, my mind playing tricks on me. Like, they always go to the very out-of-the-ordinary explanation. And scientists usually say that the simplest explanation is the most likely one. Um, so why create a whole um, conspiracy of around something as simple as a dot in the sky. My wife and I stayed at um, Marfa, and there's an area in Texas where there's all these orbs that supposedly appear in the middle of the night. And it just happened that we were in an RV, and we uh, parked there when it was a lightning storm. So instead of seeing the, the normal orbs that people see, we just saw a bunch of lightning. So maybe with bad luck, but they say that the orbs might be uh, electricity from the mountains and like connecting with the atmosphere and creating some type of electrical current and that's it like there's no reason to go bananas and start saying that the aliens are coming because they never come like if if you truly had an alien invasion what why are they playing games why are they hiding on the rocks and pretending they're not here and then you start thinking everybody's an alien dressed in human clothes and it's you know, I love sci-fi. I love V and all the shows uh, around that stuff. <laughs> Star Trek, Star Wars, fantastic stuff. But it's it's just our imagination going wild. Yeah, I could tend to agree with that. Well, well maybe those orbs are something like ball lightning. I don't know that you're not an alien trying to make us not believe in aliens. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So... <laughs> So human beings have the capacity to create in their own minds and in their own um, imagination all kinds of fantastical stories, and they help you process uh, your experiences. They help you. Like if someone told me, 
I was taken by aliens and they put a probe in my body. The first thing that would come to mind, I'm a mental health um, uh, caregiver. I'm not a psychologist, but I'm a a counselor, um, spiritual counselor. If someone tells me that they went through an experience like that, I'm I'm not going to be like, so tell me where the aliens are at. I'm going to be like, what brought about that type of, of hallucination? that led someone to think that they're being probed by world uh, beings from other worlds. And then you can get to the point of helping that person heal. But if you go off on their tangent, then you're going to be hiding from the aliens too, and you're not going to be able to help anybody. Right. Don't feed into the hysteria. So you have to stay, like, if we're going to use, that's why my show is called Mystic and Skeptic, because I love mystical stuff too. I, I can talk about that stuff all day long. But un- unless we go back to a, a, a base that is based on, on rational thinking and, and discernible truths that, that we can all agree on, you can't really move past that. Because I know people that mix, um, you know, Catholic uh, religion and like saints and angels and all that stuff and UFOs and witches and whatever else they think is cool, uh, the Zodiac, like... And, and that's what you see in the, the Gaia Network and things like that. They started with, we're into meditation and we're into health. And now they're just going full blast ancient aliens where everything is the aliens. The mummies are aliens. Um, you know, any advance in science did not come from us. It came from the aliens. So it's like this fantasy world that doesn't help anybody. So do you think it's like, we, we discussed this not so long ago, um, I forget who who actually said it, but um, do you think it's something like a a false flag kind of thing? Well, it, it might be a false flag. Like when they talk about Roswell, like that this totally sounds like a false flag because there was a lot of weird stuff going on at that time. They had just uh, you know worked on the atomic bomb. They were um, right after World War II, so there was a lot of sneaky stuff that was going on, and the, and I believe they were trying to protect that. So they came up with the Roswell story to defer attention from what they were doing in that area because that's the area where they 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 throw bombs and people were dying from the radiation so instead of focusing on that they're like let's talk about little green men and people are that foolish they would focus on that um i i see i see that as um there's there's a documentary on voodoo about um giants and that's another topic that we talk on the show and people are so eager to find a giant that when they would find uh, the bones of a dinosaur or a mammoth or whatever, they would say it's a giant because they're trying to prove that there was giants in the Bible. That's how the UFO phenomena is. It's like they're so eager to find a, a conspiracy from the government or that we are not alone in the universe that they'll believe anything related to that. So now you have little gray men and you have tall blonde ones with blue eyes and then you have this guy in switzerland that they were all beautiful women and then you have the reptilians and then you're like come on man like it just keeps on getting more and more silly as it goes yeah i've heard the blonde and blue eyes too it's just strange like how it all branches out to every little direction it's gonna be brown hair brown eyes (laughs) even gene roddenberry was more um creative than that I had a question. It just slipped my mind. <laughs> sorry, sorry that that I sound kind of like excited, but it, it's just 
it's it's very frustrating when you have someone like Dan Aykroyd, who's who's a, a great writer and producer, and I don't know if that, that great of a comedian, but but he he's on um, um, the uh, Joe Rogan show, and he's like, yeah, and there's ghosts and there's aliens and this and that, and even Joe Rogan, who's like a little out there, he's like, come on, man, he's like, no, 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 you don't understand, and like he has nothing, like all he has like little stories he heard here and there. And he's like, oh, man, but it's all being hidden, and we have to believe in it. And it's like, why? Yeah, I think that that's why we signed on to do Ghostbusters, right? I think he was really into it at the time, or probably still is. Well, because his, his dad or his grandfather was a was a spiritist, and he did seances and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, okay. so, like, you start with ghosts, and then you end up with Bigfoot and, and aliens. Like, like, they all, like, interact with one another, or? Yeah, you know, that they all live in the same place. Yeah. So we're thinking out of, you know, the you know, whole universe and all the different things out there that we've been discovering, that there's really no chance of anything else out there? Well, it's not about chance, and, and you know, it's kind of like people talk about uh, God, and it's like, well, I can't prove that there is no God, but you can't prove that there is. It's kind of like that with, with life and other planets. It's like, unless we have evidence... There's really nothing we we can do. Like, it, it's it's scary to to feel that we're the only uh, sentient beings in the, in the whole universe, or that the Earth holds, you know, dolphins and humans and monkeys or whatever that have some type of sense of self. It's very scary. Like, um, you know, one of my favorite movies is is the original Alien, and that's why Alien was scary is because no one can hear you scream like. It's is it was the biggest fear wasn't the alien it was that you were alone in the universe, so being alone in the universe is an awe provoking feeling but it's also a scary thing, and it and that's why it's easy to believe that there are aliens and other beings because you want to feel like you're not all alone, and then if there isn't it's like this void like you feel like we're in the middle of nowhere we're like a an abandoned island and unless there is proof like uh, a while back they said there was proof that there was life on mars because they found some meteor that came down and it had little cells in it and it turns out that the cells came from the earth that they like grew on top of it so unless there's like any like strong evidence there's there's too much stuff to worry about to be focused on um i i I have a problem because I have friends that work for NASA, and as much as I find space exploration um, wonderful and, and exciting, I think it's a it's a waste of money and resources. Like if they point uh, a satellite or not a satellite, but um, an antenna towards all the different parts of the, the universe, and then maybe they find uh, a radio frequency or something like that, I think that that is interesting. But to try to get people to another planet. To see what's over there, it just seems like billions of dollars that are wasted that could be helping people on this planet. Yeah, like, why go to Mars when we can help ourselves? It's I like, totally get that. You're going to go destroy another place and make it worse. Like, and then, right. And you have nothing over there. Like, you, you can't even find a, a Home Depot to, to buy more bolts or everything you have to fa- fabricate yourself. Totally have to make a Home Depot just to buy it. <laughs> so, so it's exciting and, like, if there was beings who have greater technology that they they can do, um, you know, earth formations or whatever, like in, in uh, 
both uh, Alien Two and um, and Star Trek, they they throw in something and it makes it uh, thrive. And there's animals and plants and stuff like that. If if there's a being that can do that, why come here? Like they can just stay over there and, and enjoy themselves. Like um, there's always a nefarious thing about the aliens coming and, and taking something from us. But the humans are very frail uh, beings. So why would an advanced being come over here other than to like taunt us or or experiment with us? It it seems like um, like they, they were saying in in the hangar one and like you know most likely aliens want to conquer because humans conquer and it's like why do they have to have the same um, needs as us to try to prove ourselves like what if what if they're just happy wherever they're at? Yeah, like, why do we think they're barbaric? Because, essentially, if they looked at us, we might be the barbarians, in theory. But I get, I, I can't, I, I can't express to you how profound that just sounded to me when you said that it's a scary thing to think that we're all alone, because that's even scarier, you're right. I never even thought about that. It's scary to think that it's quite possible that we are just all alone. And maybe that's why people think about UFOs and stuff like that, because how could we be alone? We're not alone, you know? I just never, ever thought about that. That's very, very profound to me. And that's what philosophers and theologians have been debating for, for centuries about, like, why are we even here and what's the point and how does it all work out? So if if we um, give these so-called beings um, human characteristics, then, then they're a reflection of us instead of you know, uh, Prometheus, uh, another alien sequel, they say that um, the aliens were our ancestors. Uh, it's kind of like the star child thing where they're the ones that planted the seed that became the DNA for humans. And then they abandoned us. And it's like, that's even worse. Like, if you have a problem with a deity, they would do that or that would um, create the process and then um, walk away or be involved in a non-expressive uh, way, then having... Um, you know, they asked uh, Richard Dawkins, okay, so well, if God didn't create the universe, who brought the universe about? And then he said the aliens. And it's like the same thing that nobody has evidence for, now you're attributing it to the aliens. And it's like there's always a higher intelligence that is capable of doing what we have now, but um, you can debunk that real quick by saying that the chaos that you see in the universe is, is sometimes greater than the perfection or the or the way that things work properly so you don't really need uh in that type of mentality um a puppet master that is pulling the strings so so everybody contradicts themselves all the time with when they come up with excuses or or the sources of humanity or of life in, in this planet but who's to say it's not equivalent to uh, like you were saying, like another deity or, you know, the sun gods or, I mean, like who's to say that if aliens did leave us here, I mean, it's similar to the veil that we're under if, in fact, there is one god. You know what I'm saying? Well, in, in that there is a, a rabbi that comes on on ancient aliens and he says, everything is paranormal. Everything is uh, extraterrestrial. Like the, the knowledge of God is extraterrestrial, and and it's uh, you know, he's playing games, but in a sense it is because if you think right. of, of spirituality as maybe a different dimension or a different 
why is it that all uh, heavenly creatures uh, or all deities have like a heavenly component? They always come from the outside. They they have wings or they they appear in the heavens. Why is it always from the from the the universe in? It's never like only the Mayans um, uh, and maybe the Mesopotamians they had deities that came from the earth or from the chaos in the waters. But um, a lot of them come from the sky, like the Hindu deities, they all come from the sky. So that's where the ancient alien things gets confused because they start mixing categories. Um, they go from talking about deities into talking about spaceships and, and beings that are bound by uh, human laws. If you're talking about aliens being um, outside of, of our um, scientific laws and the laws of, of, of this universe, then you might have a, a greater probability of that happening. But if but if they use propulsion and they use you know astronaut suits and stuff like that, then it, it seems to be a little more far fetched. Right, you just have to keep going on forever and ever and ever and it'll just never end. Well it's just you know, people that work in NASA, they know how difficult it is to go to another planet. It's difficult and it's easy. Like if you watch the movie um uh, what's it called? uh First Man, um it was very challenging for them to make it to the moon, but once they got all the stuff right, they were able to do it. So maybe there's a thing of like, um, for the aliens to be able to come over here, they would have to have so much oxygen and so many like resources. So um, I don't know, like some people say that they're not aliens, they're actually people from the future. So then you go off on other kinds of tangents. I mean, I could see that more than I could see an alien coming to the Earth that maybe it is us from the future. That's just my thought. <laughs> it could be. Well, again, because what's the point? When he, he was in all time, what's the point of if they're so far advanced and they're so better than us, why do they want to come here and look at us? We're nothing to them, really. In the grand scheme of things. Right. You know, we had a guest that um, claims that the propulsion system of alien ships um, is able to make them, you know, he goes real into it, but to make them invisible. And then when you see them, it's when they're having a problem. And I think it's like they hear, really. They're just way too advanced for me. I'm not invisible. I can't make that happen. <laughs> if I was, I'm going to wear the cooler shit than coming here. Well, I think his, his, his theory is that they've always been here. So they need to cook themselves. That's what he was getting you know, at. Well, maybe. It's soon, but... <laughs> um, we have another guest that's out now that claims that every paranormal or alien experience is somebody stuck in a sleep paralysis that basically is dreaming it based off of movies or TV shows that they've seen in the past. And that seems more likely, realistically. Yeah, I, I really like that. Yeah. First, like, you know, being invaded by who knows what. Right. Okay. Let me um, ask you guys a question. Um, this is like mo movie trivia. Um, <laughs> what's the most ridiculous line of The Matrix 2? Oh, no. I never even seen The Matrix 2. Is that the one where the guy gives a chick a dessert and you shot no one? Is that The Matrix 3? Uh, they kind of run together because they're so bad. The, the sequels yeah. are so bad. There's a, there's a point, and it's related to what you were saying about the sleep paralysis. There's a point where Neo is talking to some guy, and he's like, 
you know, I think he's talking to um, the Oracle, and she's like, you know, uh, vampires, werewolves, uh, Bigfoot, all that stuff are glitches in the system. And I was like, what? It's like, we started off with a guy that can fly and he can, um, you know, um, not get hit by bullets. And now we're talking about weird stuff. And the, yeah. point, the point of that was that in the real world, when you see UFOs or, or strange creatures, something like that, that that's, um, you know, the creator's um, design being flawed or, or having glitches or something like that. Uh, so maybe this is all an illusion, and when people see little gray men and stuff like that, that's actually um, deviating from the design. Like it's, it's something that is that is it went wrong, and it comes out as that. But it's almost like the uh, I'm not, I sound like a biggest nerd talking about all these movies, but it's almost like the Kevin in the Woods. Kevin in the Woods had monsters from every single field so you had like the zombies and the, and the aliens and you had, so it's kind of like that like normally we just see people and and bad things happen and then every once in a while uh, a giant snake comes out and bites somebody's head off it's like that's even crazier so i hmm. so that kind of brings me to the fact that do you think that we're all like are we all like these avatars, like like kind of like in Matrix? Like we have, you know, we're somewhere else. It, then, then it would be a more because the the biggest issue in, in theology is this idea of a perfect universe. So a lot of people don't believe in God because they think that the universe is not perfect. But it never says that it was perfect. It says it was good. So if if you could create your own avatar, like another movie, uh, uh, Ready Player One then you create yourself as beautiful and as athletic and, and capable as possible. So why would people um, dream of themselves in, in an ICU bed or uh, with multiple uh, issues or in poverty? Like it, it would be only the privilege of people who are aware of being inside the, the matrix. They would dream of themselves as millionaires and supermodels. Well, then that would bring us to some kind of karmic dilemma. I see where you're branching out. You're branching us out here. <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from. So like, if we didn't have a karmic dilemma, then we wouldn't have, we wouldn't be an ICU bed. Or, but but the, the grand design is that we could be that perfect being. And then, then you go into the secret, and, and if you will it, it happens, and all that. Yeah, that's where I was going, to the secret, yeah. So is somebody out there, and I always forget her name, that um, basically, long story short, says in order to get to heaven, you have to experience, say, everything. So the person that I see better that has problems chose that because more or less they have to. You know, or they chose a tough one. They want, to, they want to experience everything, or the spirit wants to experience everything prior to being happy. Let's say in everlasting heaven. That's her sort of theory, I guess. And she truly believes it, though. She's just like, oh, I see people in a wheelchair that's really, you know, having it tough, and they're like, oh, she was a hard one this time. And I, I guess we're just never going to know until we die. This is that truth. I want to know. If death is death. 
that's not a problem. <laughs> Maybe so they're happy the, to go into all these different. The aliens are the departed souls of the people that went before us, and they're stuck in here, and they see them. They see glimpses of them sometimes. But we can go on all kinds of different routes. But I have a lot of problems with the um, determinism that uh, these people are meant to be in a situation, or that they can will it, because there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of bad things that happen that have no purpose. Uh, you know the the tacky line is like everything happens for a reason. There are many horrible things that happen in this world that are completely chaotic and destructive. And if you try to find a reason for them, you actually go crazy. So to determinism, it's it's actually very detrimental because people get stuck in that in that mentality. Where I believe we have all the tools to overcome every challenge. I don't think that everybody has um, like a predisposed like. Um, you know, life pattern that is supposed to happen because then it it also becomes too complicated. Like, how how do you even manage that? Um, right. So you know, you could say that about uh, we're not supposed to know about the aliens until we're ready, until we're spiritually mature enough for them to reveal themselves to us. So if someone tells me it happens for a reason, I, I agree with you. Where like, there's some stuff that's just like. I don't know, not fair, or the reason's just ridiculous, or to really find the reason, like you said, makes you go crazy. But majority of it, and maybe this is where people come from, everything comes from a reason, is choices. You know, there's certain choices you make every fucking day, and no matter what, it's going to have a ripple effect somewhere, whatever choice you so choose to make is, you know, something's going to happen. You know, you're even driving, you decide to make, you know, I'm going to cut this person off, or you know, they could make somebody else crash, and, and, you know, someone dies or whatever, and you drove away, and, or anything, or you made that person late because you cut them off, or you caught the red light, or something. You know, that's everything for a reason could be purely based off of human choice. Well, that's, that's my favorite, my favorite lyrics from Rush. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. Everything's a choice. Everything's a choice. But the most, that the pure reason why things happen. Choices. The most that's important it. thing about what you're saying is that you are. Uh, counting human responsibility. A lot of people that discount human responsibility and they say that your choices are just choices that if you do something and something bad happens then you're like, oops. And and that also creates a lot of problems because everybody's trying to blame everybody else for their poor choices or their bad decisions or their lack of responsibility. So we have to live in a world where we're both responsible and aware that there are certain things that are outside of our control. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm big on accountability, I guess I would say. I mean, unless you can live the, the Tao, which is, it just is, and you can live that way, which is, why would we be here on Earth if we could all live that way? How how could we all live that way? <laughs> but let's get back to the alien thing. Like, I, be, I feel that part of the alien conspiracy or, or creating these worlds around the alien phenomena is wanting to have control over something. So if the government knows about the aliens, then we have that part of, of the universe controlled. Like there's other people or other beings in the universe and we have access to them or they have access to us or they're trying to kill us or whatever. So now we have control over the amount of, of uh, fellow sojourners in the universe. And, and that's less scary. Um, but if we don't know, then that's and that's that's what upsets me of, of these shows is that they never are 
humble enough to say we really just don't know. There's all these kind of weird phenomena that happens in the skies or under the earth or in the water, and we just have no freaking clue. They're not willing to say that. They want to always be right and come up with the most outrageous theory. That's what sells. That's even news, too. That's in everything. What upsets me the most about those shows is they get paid to talk about nothing. If yeah. They get paid to just ramble. But, but, not me. but, <laughs> but if you're a straight shooter like, like we are, and you tell people, well, there's this issue and there's that, and, you know, maybe there is a giant gorilla walking in the forest, but nobody can catch him, but who knows? <laughs> and they're like, that's not good enough. I need you to, yeah. to be on camera and look at people in the eyes and tell them, I saw him. And I'm going to catch him next time. And then you can do 20 shows called Finding Bigfoot and you never find him. Right. That's so disappointing, too. <laughs> Not that they don't find Bigfoot because I never thought they would find Bigfoot. But it's just so disappointing to even invest all that time and then you know nothing. But they, the Bigfoot is part of the alien phenomena because they're actually living under the earth and they are hanging out with people from Atlantis and all sorts. And clearly they're hairy. <laughs> and they only come out when nobody's watching. And no matter how many cameras they put out there, they still can see them. Yeah, we can yeah, see everything from the sky, but we've never picked up Bigfoot or a Loch Ness monster for that matter. Maybe he's like Perfect, maybe he just appears and disappears. Yeah. He can cloak himself. <laughs> so it's, it's just, again, the amount of energy that is spent on that kind of stuff. We could be talking about real issues that are affecting people. And I know that bumps people out. Like, I don't want to talk about poverty. I don't want to talk about human trafficking or anything like that. But there's resources that are being used. Like, um, another documentary, they go to find Noah's Ark. And it's called Finding Noah, and they never find him or anything. And they're like, is this a big waste of money? It is. Because they're not even willing to, to concede that maybe the story is allegorical. Maybe it's not. Maybe there wasn't actually a thing, but it's been too long. And like, no, we got to find it so we can prove the Bible right. So they're spending millions of dollars sending people to Mount Ararat in Turkey and almost getting shot. And for what? Like, just so they can prove a point. So, so I feel like uh, space exploration is almost like that. Like, we have to go to Mars. Like, to what? Like, get a bunch of people killed in the process? Like, what's what's the benefit? of sending people to another place that's far away, there's no oxygen, there's no resources, like you just, you know, just to show that, that you have the capacity to do it. And and again, it's great, it's interesting, it's, it's, it's something that I would support in theory if it was free. If, if, the, if you can come up with the resources, um, you know, just from, from the elements and make it over there, that would be great. Uh, but you could say that I guess it helped the economy of the people that work for NASA. Uh, yeah, the, the amount of money truly wasted, or I, I, I won't say wasted, even though I just did. The amount of money resources used on, uh, say, the most ridiculous ideas, projects, theories, whatever, is mind-blowing. Yeah. And the numbers probably sickening. Yeah. Like truly sickening. Meanwhile, there, you know, poor people just really struggling out there. I'm not saying people that chose a bad life, but people that are really trying and really struggling 
that are just like, it's an amazing amount of money out there just blown. Mm-hmm. And I'm very curious, like, if they actually send someone to Mars in my lifetime, I would love to talk to them and just be like, why? Why, why do you want to go? According to Elon Musk, it's going to happen in your lifetime. I don't know why. Like, why do you want to be like, you know what? Fuck, I'm going to Mars. <laughs> I can tell you that in 20 years, like when I'm 60, I would sign up to go to Mars. And because uh, I work... Why not say? Huh? Why not say? Because they still have a life to live. If, okay. if I have... Like, I'm 60, it's looking bleak. <laughs> well... If you if you see the people that I that I work with who um, you're lucky to make it to 60 with with all the different illnesses that people can get and, and horrible things that can happen. So uh, I made a pact with my brother that when we turn 60 we're going to become daredevils because we want to. Um, Fuck yeah! Yeah, just go for it. <laughs> it's just you're going to end up in 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 a bad situation either way. Like, so it's not about being irresponsible, but it's about living your life to the fullest and keeping your bucket list or whatever. So if they say, you know, it's going to take, you know, four years, you know, two years to get there and two years back and you'll be the first man that goes to Mars, I would sign up for the, like the adventure. It's kind of like, why would anybody sail the ocean uh, all around the world or climb a mountain? Like there's some stuff that's like really risky and it's almost like, you know, as, as you know, as a religious person, it's almost sacrilegious to go uh, inspect a volcano because you could die in an instant. But people do it because they think it's, it's interesting or they want to go uh, down on the books as the first person that walked inside a volcano or whatever. So, But there's this thing of like living your life to the fullest. So if, if for some reason it helps, like let's say that we find out that the Earth is going to explode and me going to Mars helps some people make it out, maybe, but... I would still have ethical issues with all the money that is spent to make that happen. And then it's, um, it, it sounds like a losing proposition because you might lose a life and you might like so many things that can go wrong. So why risk it? Like why put yourself through that and put so many people's expectations? Because, uh, I saw the challenger, um, you know, on TV when it exploded, like just as a kid seeing that it's like, um, you know, if one rocket explodes out of 10 that they send, that's one too many. That rocket, and the reason why, because I saw it in school too, is the reason why we didn't go to Mars. <laughs> Especially on that first trip. They're less exploding now. <laughs> it's Mars. So they learned something from it. They learned what to do so it doesn't explode. But it's just, um, it's, a, it's a very disheartening thing to see uh, a bunch of American astronauts like die in that way, and it's for science sake. So now scientists are doing crazy stuff. Before it was religious people or people who were ignorant. Now you have people who are very knowledgeable, and they're still doing things that are um, very out there. I guess it, it has to get to a point where it's we don't everything's unknown. So anything is anything is daredevilly in if you're talking science, anyway. Well, now now we're dealing with the virus. It's like, if you work in the medical field, some people are, are overly dramatic and they're saying that they're being put at risk for their lives. And there's other people are saying that this is just what we do all the time and it's just a different virus. So you have people who see it as, as a marker thing 
or as a heroic thing, but it's like you had to balance it out in your life. What are you willing to risk and how much are you willing to, to put yourself out there? Yeah, definitely. There, there's just too many, there's just too many judgmental sidings. Like you're either one way or another. And that's how it's so black and white when you go on your social media or if you're listening to the news, but like, you know, ethically, I think morally, you just have to take that balance. This is what you're saying with everything, really. If you guys are going to get a nasty email or a call from somebody saying, you guys started talking about aliens and now you're talking about uh, big philosophical issues, like what the heck, how did you close the, the, the lid on aliens so quick? And it's like, because there's nothing to talk about unless they have a, a corpse somewhere that they show us. There's really nothing to talk about regarding it. So James T. the series on um, this History Channel, uh, Project Blue Book. Okay. So-called History Channel? <laughs> yes. Yes, that channel. <laughs> that channel on TV, in history. Um. <laughs> I haven't seen that show. What is it about? So Project Blue Book is the um, government spending project on all alien encounters. So Roswell or any type of alien, you know, phenomena, they would go and investigate and always disprove, but, um, I don't know the doctor's name, but the doctor that was, um, Alan, Alan Hynek. There you go, Alan Hynek. He was hired by the U.S. government. He was, uh, um, a science teacher. He was a, Actually, I was a, you know, a PhD, professor. Yeah, professor as a uh, PhD and that stuff. I was hired to, I think, be the face personally to disprove it. But the show almost is kind of alluding to the fact this is based off like his diaries, kind of, that he's starting to believe that what he's turned out to do, but there's actually aliens out there. Right. Because it says uh, right here that he believes. He's being duped by the government into the larger conspiracy that covers up the truth instead. Okay. Uh, with all due respect, um, we know how incompetent the, the U.S. government is. That's true. How would they keep a, an alien monster away from eating them or destroying everything? Like, all you got to do is watch um, any movie about an alien. The alien always has tricks under the sleeve that nobody expects. So if they were truly that capable of containing something like that, it's kind of like people with a flat earth. They think the government has spies everywhere who keep everybody dumb through these antennas or whatever, and that we're actually like floating in space and they're trying to keep us from that. It, there's so much coordination that somebody would would um, come out and, and for money or for, to write a book or whatever, they would... They say that, you know, they always have a couple of, of wild cards that they were there and they, they talked to the alien and this and that. But there are always people who are really strange and really out of the ordinary. So if um, credible sources is the biggest issue, and then if you have this book that somebody found, that somebody wrote, and they have all this evidence, it's always conjecture. Like, it's, it's nothing tangible. And, and going back to... The capacity for human beings to keep a secret, to, um, they, they're saying in Hangar uh, 1 that every time that somebody comes out writing a report about the aliens, they always find them dead. And 
And maybe they were doing some other naughty stuff that we didn't know about. Maybe they, they were messed up with, with the mob or uh, gambling or something. Maybe they died for another reason. But if you assume that the government takes out everybody who's out to come out with aliens, there's so much coordination and so much, like they're going to slip up one time or another. And then even the aliens are going to betray them. Like, what are the aliens doing that are controlling the government or the government's controlling the aliens? It's just, um, it's not uh, tenable. Like, it's, it just seems, and then there's other governments. Because they were saying that here is not the only place that the government works with the aliens. You see that in Australia. And you see that in the Netherlands. And, like, you know, the Mexican government, where I'm from, they were already, um, you know, betrayed the aliens for, for anything. Just for the fame of, of them being the first ones to, to know the aliens. And we have our own... Um, specialist in aliens in Mexico. His name is uh, Jaime Maussan. And he, he was a reporter for Mexican 60 Minutes. And he realized that he was just going to be a broke reporter for the rest of his life. So he decided to become the alien reporter. And now he's famous all over the world because that's all he talks about. And he has no proof other than a couple of videos with little lights. And that's all it is. Yeah. That's all it ever amounts to, though. I mean, we never can, with, and with the cameras that we have today, we never can do that. The biggest problem is this day and age. In this day and age, everybody's walking around with a camera. It's in the phone. It's in the pocket at all times. So you're telling me that we can capture, like, real, I mean, real proof? And it's important to us. Too many people out there, you know, how can we be this good at hiding they're really out there? And we talk about the surveillance state, and you know, in Israel they have uh, satellites watching everyone because they're afraid of, of terrorism. So they would have caught something. Like there was a point where they said there was a UFO over Jerusalem and the Holy uh, Temple, the Temple Mount. Like that would have been caught by somebody um, on on either side of the, the conflict over there. And it's like it's always some fuzzy video from some random person that. Nobody can find them. Um, what's the with the worst videos? <laughs> They're always yeah, so great. Right. It's like, what's the video from, like, the 60s? <laughs> like, the first time they get you, and you can't tell who it is. It's like the worst green video ever. They don't have to record. They, they don't have the right equipment. Um, there was that other guy who, he there was, like, a documentary about him, and he had, like, little aliens, like, under his window, and they would come out, and, and then they said, you know, that's a really cheap uh, way to um, to do that with uh, computers or with some program or whatever. And then he was caught with having um, inappropriate stuff in his computer. And he, oh, Stanley Romanek. And the government put it there, so then you guys wouldn't find out about the end. Right. It's like, that's the worst alibi I ever heard. That's so sad. Because people are actually believing him, like people are actually, you know, following him. There's people still right now that still think he's credible, but I don't know how they can think that. And and there is, you know, political things that that people do. Like, I find it very interesting that every time that there's a minority uh, leader, they always catch them with a prostitute or with a mistress or with money in their bank. And then when other people do it, they never get in trouble. So there, there is a possibility of people doing that. But come on, man. 
Like the stories were very crazy, and then it, it just it goes back to the credibility. It's like if um, you know everybody talks about Carl Sagan, and he said some things about the possibilities, but he didn't have any proof. And then you need someone uh, with a lot of uh, of knowledge or a lot of um, rapport to to bring that. So, so they did this thing about the presidents and they said, well, Jimmy Carter saw a UFO and then Ronald Reagan and then Nixon took Jackie Gleason to go see the aliens. And it's like, but they never told you the sources of these stories. They just have some guy telling you the story. He could have made up the story and now it's in a book and then somebody else repeats it. It's just, there's too many, um, we know how people are. So it's easy for people to play telephone and to make stuff up for self-aggrandizement. So how can we trust any of these sources? Or maybe we're just duped to believing that they're incredible sources. <laughs> Uncredible, not incredible. That's different. Well, and it's incredible, but there was an episode um, that had, at the time, Senator um, Kennedy was trying to do something with aliens uh, during the Cold War. You know, so maybe, for all we know, he was murdered for trying to show us aliens when he became president. See, but then well, that's Yeah. Or people stayed in them. Yeah. Somebody hated them. Kennedy's going to blow the lid off the aliens. <laughs> but then you have to disprove all the other conspiracy theories about who killed him. So it was the alien enthusiasts that killed him or the alien uh, co-conspirators in hiding it. So then you got to get the mob, the Cubans, like everybody else off the hook and and that's <laughs> so that's like how do you unprove someone's theory anybody can say you know like we were talking at the beginning of the show um you know i'm an alien and it's like well how do you disprove it it's like well you have to put someone in a, in a ct scan and see that there's no alien organs in that person so then are you going to do that with every single human being to make sure that we don't have alien population that's trying to take over Pretty sure in this day and age, everybody's been scanned some way or another. <laughs> Not necessarily. No. Well, I don't know. But well, maybe we're no, all now. Now they're start doing it at birth. Where do you go? Where to tell the world? Oh. You know. Well, no, because you know, I was I was reading this. What was I saying the other day that the the Vatican? Oh, what was it called? I don't know. Listen all the time you talk. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, the Vatican Observatory had like a meeting of people, you know, and this is just something that I read, um, you know, claiming that, you know, there's credibility, there, there might be some credibility to UFOs out there, but, you know, they're still unsure also. But they did say that. Well, I don't you just see, um, I don't know what it was a couple weeks ago, I guess, that the, um, the Pentagon, I guess, or the Department of Defense, you know, these videos have been leaked, so-called leaked. For, I think the one was from, or two from, like, 04, one's from 2015, of um, UFOs, basically. Yeah, you but, know. but it, it, it goes back to the cynic in me. You always got to think, like, what's going on politically that they would release them at that particular time? That's what I said. Yeah, it's very, an interesting time during this this uh, disease. That they're, they're, by the way, is where, you know, you don't know what the hell that was. But the funny part is, the time that they put it out, 
and not many people were talking. I mean, I guess a lot of people were talking about it now that we're looking in hindsight, but it wasn't like everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. The, the mainstream news. It was basically swept underneath the rug. Like, yeah. like I said, when that shit did drop, it was kind of just like, I don't know, everyone just shrugged and was like, there's more important things to talk about than these videos right now. Isn't that strange? But so it's like, this would be the right time to talk about it in order to, like, you know, do some shady shit. But it didn't work because everyone is already too much afraid of the shit that's already happening. So, right. So let's get a little metaphysical. Uh, what is the organism that lives on the earth that is the most uh, evolved that you guys know of? Organism? Yes. Most evolved organism. I don't know. <laughs> so people say humans, right? Oh, oh. Yeah. okay. Uh, I say humans, but I was like, I hope it's sharks. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say humans are the well, most. I'm going to say maybe octopus. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. So, so humans are supposed to be the most evolved, but a virus or a bacteria can live on all kinds of different types of environments. Uh, some of them can self-reproduce. Some of them need very little to uh, to exist. Or, or, you know, virus needs a host, but some bacteria don't need much other than um, the right type of um, you know water and things to keep them alive. So it turns out that single cell organisms are more evolved than humans, and they're deadly to humans. So we're going to talk about um, extraterrestrial or or beings that are um, harmful or outside of our, our capacity to control them, we are surrounded and made out of all kinds of little creatures that have the capacity to destroy us. Uh, so I would be more worried about them and, and an uprising of them than some little green men. Yeah, completely. Makes sense. So... It's actually pretty profound. I know I ain't been here for a long time. Doing better on my own now, it's my time. It's what I chose, it's what I own, it's my life. Last time I checked and looked it up, it's all mine. I know I ain't been here for a long time Doing better on my own now, it's my time It's what I chose, it's what I own, it's my life It's time I checked and looked it up, it's all mine I'm on line, I'm on track, I'm just fine I may find when I look back, it's all mine I may find when I think about it, it's all mine I may find if I look inside, it's all to unlock the force, telekinesis, that Christ consciousness is always constant, we are Jesus, but we're born in a world torn into fragments and pieces, more tragedy in this reality, imagine where peace is lost, now it's up to us, no reason but.